Oh, relationships. They're so complicated and sometimes they're just really hard. So today's speaker is a therapist and she's going to give us some insights on what to look at and look for in our relationships. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. So happy to see you. It's Tuesday and it's two o'clock. So here we are. And I wanted to remind you just because I just need to remind you. If you haven't joined us on our social media, the links are below. Would love to have you join us there and participate in some conversations and just to see your pretty little faces. So today's guest is Jessica Myers Adams. Hi, Jessica. How are you? Hey there. I'm doing really good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so as you said, my name is Jessica Myers Adams. Uh, I have uh, two, I wear two hats. I'm a therapist turned coach. So I see um, the clients that I see are couples who are wanting to improve their relationship. I have a private practice in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And as I turned into a coach from a therapist, um, it was really wildly successful, um, ended up doing really well income-wise. And now I show therapists how they can also become a coach. So I've launched uh, the second LLC, um, Therapist to Coach. Oh, well, that's pretty exciting. So tell me, what's the difference between a therapist and a coach? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there is a big misconception that therapists deal with all of the stuff in the past, you know, all the things that happened with your mom and your dad, and we have to go and clean up that stuff. And coaches are only allowed to work on the future. And that's actually a really big misconception. And it's it's it started because therapists wanted to protect their territory and coaches wanted to say they had something to do. The main difference, though, is that therapists help clients that have significant mental health disorders that pre prevent them from functioning in their daily life. So if you think of major depressive disorder or um, an, an anxiety disorder like agoraphobia, where a person can't leave their home, they absolutely need therapy, right? But if a person has some anxiety related to being out in public, it's not, you know, affecting their, their life, they're able to do it, they could get some coaching for that. And so coaching um, is able to deal with things that, you know, maybe there's some things in the past, but they just don't treat the, the heavy hitters, right? So that's the, the main difference. For me, it was more, I wanted my couples to really get the skills that they needed. And they would come to four or five sessions and they would have a mediator and they would feel better. So they would end services because it costs money and they're doing fine. They would come back in, some of them come back two years later. So I started um, having my couples uh, agree to, you know, maybe 10 sessions. And as a therapist, I'm not ethically allowed to do that. So I had to um, get certified as a coach as well, you know, so that I could better serve my clients, honestly. Yeah, I think that, um, okay, so, I mean, we're normal, regular people. So my husband yeah. and I have sought out help through our, almost 40 years of animal, 40 years of marriage and um yeah i think that they're just i think we just hit blocks in life as humans where we not sure what to talk about or how to communicate or how to share our feelings is that 
Is that common or? You know, I think that's absolutely common. There's two things that I help the, the I would say the majority of couples with, and it's going to really sound, I mean, it's so simple, but not easy. You know, uh, if, and I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to go about this, but it's really the being able to express yourself in a way your partner can hear you. So that's the talking piece. Um, there's a lot of components that can go wrong to that. And it's the listening piece. We, you know, some are better at one than the other. And to be honest, I got into the work because a couple years into my therapy practice, I was having the difficulties that you're just, you know, describing where we just couldn't communicate. One of us would say something and I would either shut down or react. I would react. I wouldn't shut down. My spouse would shut down, you know, and there's when that happens, the communication is stopped, you know, so it's, it's the idea of being able to know yourself well enough to communicate about you and being curious. So a lot of things can go wrong with those two things though. Oh, definitely. And okay. Correct me again if I'm wrong, but there's certain cycles in life that create at least, okay. Me again. Yeah. yeah. We're the best. We're the best example. All right. So at the beginning of our marriage, we were really busy hustling, raising kids and doing all that type of thing. And then as the kids started going off to high school and college, it was like, I felt like, or we both actually felt like we didn't know each other because we were in such an, a, a strange area of life without children. Yes. Yeah. And so the, the way that, um, that my mentor, you know, taught me, um, to help couples, you know, I've been studying with her for the past seven years. And it was a game changer in my own marriage is that, um, we are constantly growing and changing and we don't always update our partners and we don't, we just assume a lot of times that they know what's going on. And without this process of what she calls differentiation, meaning I understand that I am different than you and we have to have two perspectives in the, in the relationship without that, those, those things don't get updated. And when we're busy with life things, that's not the priority. You know, it's, you think because they've been that way for 20 years that they still are. And we're just always evolving. Oh, that's a good point. That's really good. And I think, well, could that be where some marriages kind of stop is because people are evolving and not communicating that change in their life? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think what's, what's really interesting is that relationships go through stages and a lot of couples don't get to the second stage of the relationship. I have couples in my practice who have been married. I have one that was married for 40 years. And when we took um, kind of a, uh, we zoomed out and looked, they had never successfully got into the stage of what we call differentiation. And differentiation has two parts, right? It's the self-awareness and self-communication. So if, if you just think things and you don't say them, you're not really skilled in that area. And the other, the other area is the curiosity. You know, like if, if I have too much self-awareness and saying the things I want without the other awareness, I become frustrated and critical because I've said, well, it's what I want. Why aren't they doing it? So that piece can really get us jammed up. And the piece of just being too curious about your partner without taking yourself into account would lead you resentful and um, 
you know, maybe you're doing it, compl you're compliant, but you're resentful. So this couple that was married for, for 40 years, which almost is, you know, I'm uh, 43. It was, it was interesting because they've been together for a very long time. They had never really got to know each other past the honeymoon stage because the honeymoon stage, you know, maybe that first year, we're really, um, we're the fear, like the fear uh, factor or the fear um, pathway is really diminished. So we can really express ourselves because heck, our partner is going to love us unconditionally in that stage. And so then they got really busy with their kids and their life and they didn't know each other at all, you know? Um, and when they tried to get what they wanted, they would just, you know, flash. So what are the other two phases? Yeah, great question. Because once you get through this, so the first stage is the connecting, uh, the technical term is symbiosis. It's a, a bonding, right? That we, we both mutually benefit. That falls apart and couples either, you know, fight or ignore things and they get stuck. Um, I'll answer it, but I wanted to give you the kind of the lay of the, the land. So the second stage is when each person um, knows that they're separate. They can they can describe things so that their partner will understand and they can be curious about their partner. Um, the next stage is because they have the communication, they can experience new things and bring it back. So there's this um, exploration stage, right? And some people I will say some people skip this, the second stage of the differentiation, the communicating, and they go right into exploration. And maybe that's what happens for some couples who have kids and careers and all those things. They just skip the talking piece, right? The understanding piece. I don't want to just minimize it and say it's, it's talking, but that, that second stage, they can skip it and just go exploring. And these are the guys and gals like the husband who just he just goes to golf after work but he doesn't even tell his wife he doesn't feel like he needs to say anything right he's just doing his thing um which you know would create some problems so that's that's one of those things so, so the third stage is exploration um and the fourth stage is the what you said how about the cycles kind of like you know one is feeling more I call it schmoopy, like one's feeling more connected, the other one might not be. And there's this, you know, vacillate, you know, vacillating kind of thing. Um, they're connected. Um, the last stage is the one that we're, we're all looking for, which is building the, the legacy together, having some kind of shared project or, you know, it's the grandkids or it's like the where you're going to retire and, and leave your, your mark, you know, kind of thing. Okay. All right. Which I'm, let's see. I think that all the phases seem like they have their complications. Are there phases that are harder than the others? I think if you get the second stage, this is where all of my work has been, you know, is in, in helping the couple do those two things, the self-awareness and the other awareness. Because if you have that, you know, the other parts are just parts of life. They're, you know, you know you have that person and you're connected to them. You can you can always um you can always uh rely on that. And, and here's, here's the concept that I've kind of, um, I don't know if I've patented it yet. Maybe I should after we, we talk is get the little circle under it. Um, but it's becoming a relationship visionary. And what I like to think of this is if, if you have this skill, whatever stage you're in, you're going to be set because it's that you 
Um, a visionary, just think of a business visionary, they think of the future and they think of how to solve the problems. You know, they go a little higher level up. And when I'm a good visionary, not always, but I can think of my relationship as a higher purpose than just me. So I'm thinking about problem solving. I'm thinking about, is it that I'm not saying things or I'm not being curious? What's, what's the problem going on here? And I can always, you know, figure out what to do next if I have that, that idea. Okay. Well, that's an interesting concept to do a vision of your relationship, visionary relationship. Yeah. You have creativity then, and you have um, the ability to figure out problems. Because for me, I'll speak for myself. When I'm upset in my relationship, because I definitely uh, do, you know, have we? Ha everyone's going to have tension. Mm -hmm. I quickly forget about one of the two things. I either make the assumption that you should do or know what I'm thinking, or I forget to be curious. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, and if I can elevate the relationship to the priority, you know, making that the purpose of like why I'm doing this, not, not me, Jessica, the person who wants to be loved and valued, but the person who's, you know, fighting for that, that higher level thing mm -hmm. makes all the difference. I think also coming up with a way of communicating with each other that um, you just said something that I didn't like, or you just hurt my feelings. Cause sometimes it's really hard to say, you hurt my feelings. And I think that there needs to be a way. So I'm going to say a funny thing that my husband and I do. If one of us gets irritated or um, their feelings are hurt or something, the other one will say, oh, now our marriage is on the rocks. And that's kind of like saying, oh, okay, we need to hone in and fix this situation. So I think that there needs to become, oh, I think it, there's a benefit of coming, even if it's a joking way of, being able to say, we need to talk, or that hurt my feelings, or just a simple statement to bring things to attention. Right. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I think that's part of that. That's that's a beginning of the self-defining. That that you know the self-awareness and defining it. And I think to get to get even you know um, uh, more skilled at that would be what what we talk about in my practice is owning the problem. Like your partner may or may not have meant it, but hey, I just got my, I just allowed my feelings to get hurt or I just, I, I, I'm feeling sensitive, right? Or, you know, I think it's still letting them know maybe they did something and, and maybe they'll apologize. Maybe not. That's definitely not the goal, right? Because if, if we do things with the purpose of them responding a certain way, it's, that's, that really is one of those pitfalls. But I think you're right. I think, you don't want to assume that they know, you know, hey, I just, that just hurt my feelings. Um, Pete Pearson, one of my mentors, he talks about the um, instant replay exercise. And he says, and, and I use this and teach this too. Uh, if, if, you know, if your husband hurt your feelings, you say, ouch, that hurt. Let's do an instant replay. Like, here's what I'd like you to say instead. And if you both have that agreement, not all couples can do this, right? Uh, these are, this is for couples that are doing better um he would say okay what would you like to hear and then he says the you know the appropriate thing so I, I think you're right having some kind of communication that that feelings were hurt is is essential so what would a first meeting look like with you yeah i like to do first meetings because it's about 
Um, typically when you go into, I guess, a therapist or, or coach, right, they'll say, okay, well, let's tell me what you're, why you're here, what the problem is. And I would say, nope, stop right there. It's a bad, it's a bad way to start because you're going to then lay out all the things that he does. He's going to lay out all the things you do and you're already going to start feeling crappy. So, um, one of the things that we've, uh, a couple of us have figured out, uh, therapists in my, um, in my niche, we, um, ask I'd say, Liz, can you tell me what your husband's top four or five complaints about you are? And so I would actually be having you name the things that you do, having him name the things that he does. And it's actually a little bit lighter and it's kind of fun. And then I would ask you, hey, on a confidence level one to five, how confident are you, right? Or I'm sorry, I would say one to 10, so I can give it like a percentage, you'd say, you know, 10. When people say 10, I say, well, let's give it maybe a 9.9. Right, like let's let a little bit of room. Um, so we'll go through that. Uh, we'll also go through. Can you tell me your husband's top four or five ways that he feels valued, special, or appreciated? So we're really just kind of assessing in a way. Do you know what each other's complaints are? Do you know how to give love and appreciation? Um, and what do you think you'll need to work on here? Um, I don't ask it that way because we get some peewee answers. But it's really about getting, you know, the stage set so they can start to do some work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how do you, okay, let's, let's go, this question for me. So I read the, the book, The Love Languages. And so we understand each other's love language. How can we really work on ourselves? To not focus on our love language, but the love language of our spouse. You know, because like my love language is servicing. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say my husband's not always a good servicer. <laughs> but that's how, right. I, yeah. that's how I feel loved and that's how I give love. And his is touching, um, which sometimes it's hard for me as a servicer to go up and give him hugs or pat him on the back or, you know, right. those things. How can we mentally help ourselves to be more appreciative of the love gift of our spouse? Yeah, I think that's great. Well, <laughs> when you were when you were um, describing your situation, I was thinking um, a couple of things. One, those two things that we that we talk about the other awareness and the self awareness um, in 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 my um in the tools that we provide or that I provide with couples and my my therapist too. I have a couple of therapists on staff. Um, we have a couple of tools that, that they can look to see how well they're doing at that. The other differentiation that's called the other awareness would be you really knowing and asking questions and being curious about your husband. And so if you know what his love language is and you can, one of the things that's top of mind is what is he thinking and feeling and what am I thinking and feeling? I think it's going to help. But the, the better bet is for you to be able to get what you're, have the opportunity to get what you're looking for by asking for it. So my spouse will say, hey, can I have a hug? And I, that is so high level. I'm not that high level, by the way, but that is so high level of a, of, of a self-awareness and then asking for it, you know, because I'm also not a, my love language isn't physical touch. Mine is, is definitely, um, words so at the end you can tell me how wonderful i did here and i will leave feeling so loved um but i think it's being able to ask for those things you know one of the biggest things that i learned there was two 
Um, cause I was mentioned, I was a couple of years into this work and my relationship wasn't going well. The discovery that I had was I was so good at saying what I wanted. Like I was really good without blaming or accusing or anything. I could say it, but I wouldn't get it. And I kept getting frustrated. And the discovery I had was, oh my goodness, I do not have any other awareness. I don't understand that my spouse maybe can't give that, um, you know, like what's going on with, with my spouse that I'm not getting it. That was the missing piece. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other, um, missing piece was that I was showing up for me, you know, not, not showing up like with a, with the visionary mindset, I was showing up as like most of us, most, most of us, and, and definitely the, the people that I see come because they want to feel loved and appreciated and they just don't know how to get it. Well, so so I believe you have a, an offer for our listeners. Yeah. I like to provide, you know, if you want to be a relationship visionary, um, I have a, a quick uh, guided um, audio that can take you through some of the steps you might be thinking, like, how do I actually figure out how to have like a higher purpose? So I have, it's, it's a five minute audio. And then the other thing that I think is really important for couples doing this work is, is how being able to take a time out. Because as you're communicating, if, if you're either listening or you're talking, things can go so quickly downhill, right? And so being able to say, if you, if you just said the wrong thing and your, sp your spouse is having a reaction, you can say, well, time out, you know? And on the other side, if you're listening and you just feel like you're getting, um, your partner has like one of those tennis um, ball machines that are just, you know, just coming at you so fast, you know, the tennis balls are flying that you can, you can call a timeout. Um, so I have those resources. We'll give you the, the link that you can put on this. Um, okay. Just for people to get started and start thinking about things. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have to put myself in timeout. <laughs> yeah. I don't think a lot of people want to take a timeout because they think it doesn't work right or things aren't going to get resolved if they do that and this five-step timeout that the, the pdf that i'll send um has some ideas about that of course if you if i'm the one calling a timeout i do need to come back and say hey i'm still not ready to talk about that thing but we can talk about it tomorrow or you know if i got myself regulated and i'm back to you know able to talk we can talk about it now so there's you know some specific steps and I think it's really hard to take all five at once, but it, it'll give you at least the idea, some things to shoot for, you yeah, know? Yeah. Any closing thoughts? I think um, one of the things, again, I want to, I want to leave people with the idea of the visionary, you know, mindset, you know, just being able to um, look at the future of what, how are you going to, how are you going to fix this problem that you have, right? If my spouse has messed messed up the kitchen rather than telling them they messed up the kitchen i can own that i'm having a problem with that you know what can i do about it um so thinking in that way the the visionary um and then the concept of self-understanding you know why is this bothering me what is what am i thinking and feeling am i waiting for a good time to ask my partner something so there's a lot of constant a lot of a lot of um things to to think about with the self-understanding and then of course the other understanding is being curious about your partner um so i think those are the three the three key things that i would say um for for listeners maybe if they're wanting to improve their relationship is thinking about those things oh those are great all right we're gonna have the links below 
uh, I will be the first person to get your offer. So I will be looking those over really quickly. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate the information. That was so much, so much there. I want to give, I want to tell you one other thing, um, just so they have it and they know that I've gone through this because, you know, when I had a therapist, uh, myself for my relationship, she didn't have the experience that I had. You know, I did have the experience that my, my relationship was really having some problems. Hopefully you have a button to beep this out in a second. But I wrote a book and it was just released in March. I forgot to mention this. Um, the book is what to do when you do give a, f a roadmap to a happy relationship. And in that book, I talk about how as a therapist, I was really struggling and finding myself in the relationship pit. And, you know, I really unpack how I, you know, came to understand the concept of being a relationship visionary. So I think if they want maybe some more information than the, the freebies, that is um, something they can grab on Amazon. Easy to find with the, the, the title. Oh, great. All right. We'll put a link to that below, too. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Jessica. That was great information. I really appreciate it. All right, Giant Builders. We'll see you next week, Tuesday at 2. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.